not going to ask you to stand today because we're going to have a lot of different places we're going to read from. But if you would go to the book of Luke, if you got a Bible with you, if you don't, it's okay. It's up on the screen, um, and you can read it as on there as well, and that's perfectly fine. We're going to have a lot of reading today, so I'm not going to have you stand. Uh, normally, we have our Christian calisthenics, as I like to call it, but uh, today we're going to uh, we're going to just spend some time in reverence, and you can stay seated. Luke chapter one, verse starting in verse number twenty six. It says, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man who was named Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth, in her old age, has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. The first thought I want us to really cling to today as we are in this Christmas season is that nothing is impossible with God. You see, Mary being a virgin, not yet married but betrothed, which in that day and age would be like an engagement today, was just a poor widow or poor lowly girl who, who was just a humble servant of the Lord. She had to have been a humble servant of the Lord or else she would not have found the favor that she found. One day she was just minding her own business and an angel shows up and says, listen, God's had his eye on you and, he has found, and you have found favor with him. He has favored you greatly. And, you know, this kind of scared her at first. You know, how I think we, we have a misunderstanding of what angels of the Bible really truly looked like. You know, we, we've had these depictions of these gentle uh, creatures and these white robes with wings, but I, I think really, if, we're, if we really were to get the biblical picture and put it up for us to see, it would be something quite terrifying. You know, 12 foot tall, mighty, strong uh, eyes that are like flames and just these intense creatures. And I would be a little bit nervous as well if one of them showed up at my door. And she was nervous because she, she, even after the angel said, you found favor with God, she was questioning it, trying to, to figure out what kind of greeting this really was, even though he just said that you have found favor with God. And I think her worry and anxiety in that moment of what she was afraid of was, what is about to happen in my life? Things are about to change, I can tell already. And the angel reassures her, don't be afraid. God's favor is upon you. I think that's important for us to remember because there are times in our life where the Lord will tap us on the shoulder and he will ask something of us. He will direct us in a path, a new season of life. And it's terrifying. 
And I think one of the most terrifying parts of a new season of life is the reality that things are going to change, and nobody likes change. We're, we're afraid of change in a lot of cases because it's, it's just so unfamiliar. You don't even know the next step sometimes, and, and you just know something's coming. And, and we need to understand today that if we are truly servants of the Lord, if we are really in relationship with God, that we have favor with God, and his favor is upon us. The angel reassures her because uh, Mary asked the question, how, how is this even going to be possible? How, how is it that I could become pregnant? I'm, I'm a virgin. I, there's no possible way that that could happen. And, and he says, hold on. He says, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Skipping down a little bit, for nothing will be impossible with God. We need to understand today that when the Lord gives us an assignment, when the Lord uh, changes directions for our life, and when we're walking through seasons that are challenging and difficult, we need to understand three things. Number one, the Holy Spirit will come upon us. You see, we understand in Scripture that the Holy Spirit is the great comforter, as Jesus calls him. He is the third person of the Trinity, and he will walk with us. He is who we have today. Jesus left this earth, and the Holy Spirit came to be with us. And he calls him the great comforter that through difficult times, he will walk with us. He will whisper in our ear the wisdom and knowledge that we need to get through difficult times, to navigate the waters and, and speak to us and even reveal to us in our own scriptural studies and in our own times of prayer. He will reveal God's truth to us through those things. And so we can take comfort in that, that in the, in the circumstances that seem to be so impossible and improbable, that God will send his Holy Spirit to guide us and lead us. Secondly, we need to understand that the power of the Most High will overshadow us. See, when we walk through life, we aren't just walking in our own strength and our own wisdom, but there is the strength that comes from heaven, the strength that comes from God, the power that comes from the Lord that goes with us and overshadows us and, and gives us the strength that we need to work through life to make it through on this earth, to make it through. When Mary and Joseph were getting ready to have Jesus be born, uh, it was a very challenging thing. You know, they were poor. They didn't have anything. They, they, as you know, later on in the story, they ended up living in a stable to give birth that night. And, and it was a very challenging time. And I don't think they could have done it without the power of God walking with them and being upon them through this season of life. The Bible tells us here in verse 37, the angel tells her, for nothing will be impossible with God. If you study this, and uh, in the Greek, there's, if you don't understand anything about the translation of the Bible, the Old Testament's mostly Hebrew, the New Testament is significantly Greek, but if you transliterate that back to the Hebrew, there's a word there that I'm not going to try and pronounce because I will totally butcher it, but what I will tell you is it is the same word that God spoke to Sarah in the Old Testament, the wife of, the wife of Abraham, who was also unable to conceive and have a child, and, and he, he told her is there is nothing too hard for God. If you translate that word that they used to say is there is nothing too hard for God, it actually means there is nothing too wonderful for God. I think we need to understand sometimes that the hard thing is also the wonderful thing. A lot of times the hard stuff will lead to something wonderful and beautiful that you just don't see yet. And we can cling to that reality today. As we see Matthew's account of this story, we get a little perspective of what Joseph went through. In, in Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 23, it says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. 
when his mother Mary had betrothed to Joseph before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear. Take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. I I like this, this Joseph side of the story. You know, I, I read the Bible a little bit differently than maybe the average person would. I, I really would put it in the context of, what if I was Joseph? How would I feel? What would my thoughts be? And if all of a sudden, you know you haven't been with Mary, but all of a sudden Mary's telling you she's getting ready to have a baby, you're going to have some questions. You're, go, you're going to have some, some things you want answered. And, and in his mind, he's battling this. And and he's dealing with it, and he's even beginning to consider to totally leave her and divorce her and just walk away from her. And, and, and I guess if there's something to be commended about his action, it's that he's at least trying to do it quietly to protect her as much as he could, but probably because of his love for her. But we got to understand that there is a lot of fear that Joseph was dealing with walking into this new season. And then the angel shows up and speaks to him in a dream, and tells him, do not fear. That which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. I think another thing we need to cling to and, and really remember about this Christmas season is that Jesus came to this earth so that we can walk in a fearless life. Understanding that the things that happen in our life, the, the stuff that we walk through and the stuff that we walk in, and, and when God leads us into something in life that if it is conceived of God, if it is something that God has started in your life, if it is something God has given you and has blessed you with, there's no reason to fear. It goes on to tell us that uh, Joseph is reminded of what the prophet spoke. And he said, you need to remember that he shall be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. That even in those times of fear that God is with us. Emmanuel means God with us, and Jesus is Emmanuel. He is God in man form. He is the Word made flesh. And he walked this earth. He, he breathed, he lived, he ate, he, he traveled just like you and I do today. He lived a life. He worked as a carpenter. He, he, he had friends. He had family. He had siblings. He, he had an earthly mother and father. And, and, and he, he lived life just, he, he understands. The Bible tells us in the book of Hebrews that we have a Savior. We have, have a high priest in, in Jesus who can sympathize with us in our weaknesses. He understands what it means to be tempted. He understands what it means to be anxious and, and to walk and have pain and, and to experience trials in life. As, as He's probably experienced more trial through his death on that cross than any of us will ever experience in our life. And he, he has experienced so much life. And we can take comfort in the fact that when he came to this earth, it was God with us. He was man. He was flesh. But he was all God. And it, it was in that way that he could sympathize with us. 
that he could understand it and, and we could look to him and say, well, if he did it successfully, if he walked a sinless life, if he lived a sinless life, then, then maybe there's some hope for us to be redeemed. Maybe there's some strength to be found in the life that he lived. There was so much there, and the angel reminded Joseph of all of this that in his most fearful moments that there is a hope, that there is a God that we can look to and cling to in this life. We, uh, we look at the next account and going back to the book of Luke in chapter 2, the Bible says, And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find the baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. This is, a, a, this is one of my favorite moments of the Christmas story. If you study this, you understand that the shepherds are not your normal shepherds. These are shepherds that are tending to sheep that are designed to be used for sacrifice in the temple for the atonement of sin. When you see it that way, you, you understand that it is very significant for them to be the first ones on the scene with Jesus. Because the Bible tells us that Jesus is the sacrificial lamb, the ultimate sacrifice that would put these shepherds out of business, that they don't need to do their job anymore because Jesus came to take care of it once and for all. And so they were the first ones on the scene, and it was normal at that time for for the shepherds when a, a lamb was born, they would examine that lamb, make sure he was fit, for sacrifices. There was many requirements that had to be fulfilled. They would make sure it was taken care of, it was fed, it was, it was clothed in swaddling clothes itself to, to protect it from the bugs and the insects that might bite it and the, and, and the, the, the different uh, plants and, and thorns that were out there to keep it unblemished, to keep it safe until it was older. And, and, and when you understand that, you understand the significance. And when we, when we look at the, the shepherd's experience in the Christmas story, we find the reminder that Jesus is the sacrificial lamb for us all. That he is the ultimate sacrifice for our sin. That no matter what you've done in your life, no matter how far gone you think you might be, you, you, could, you could be with the worst of the worst. And there is a God who sent his son yet because he loved us so much. He sent his son that we could have forgiveness of our sin that we don't have to live that way anymore, that we don't have to live in a position of judgment from God, but rather we, we are looked upon as a son and a daughter of the Most High God. And we find great hope in that, that this past year may have been a year of lots of mess-ups, lots of sin, lots of, lots of awful things that maybe you have lots of regrets for, but the reality of it is, is that there is a time that we can see now that we have because of Jesus being the sacrificial lamb for us all, that we can have forgiveness and newfound hope and relationship with God. Finally, today, I want us to talk about the wise men. The Bible tells us in Matthew chapter 2, verses 7, Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. 
And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. After listening to the king, they went on their way. And behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. There's a lot to be said about the wise men, but the one thing I really want to focus on is in this season of life for Mary and Joseph being young, Jesus being about two or three years old, it is believed that Jesus was in the toddler age range when the wise men came to see him. He was not a baby in the manger anymore. The shepherds were the only ones that were there at that time. But it is, it is amazing to me that in this moment of them being young, probably poor, that these gentlemen showed up one day with these gifts of great value. It provided great provision for this family. The gold, the frankincense, and myrrh could represented some spiritual things with, with God's kingship and with his, his, his high priesthood and, and with him being the high priest and, and with his death and, and the frankincense and the myrrh being things that they would use to anoint a dead body. And, but, but besides all of that, I want us to really understand and remember today that God is truly our provider. That in this moment of where they were, if you've ever had a kid, you understand that diapers and formula and all of those things are very expensive. They cost a lot. And it's not getting any cheaper. And I can only imagine back then them being poor and really struggling to get through this moment where these wise men showed up and had these gifts with such great value that I imagine they were able to use to provide for themselves and take good care of of Jesus in this season, take good care of themselves and to put a roof over their head and food in their, uh, in their oven and on their table. I almost said refrigerator, but they didn't have those. And so this was a great, great surprise for them in this season. I want us to remember always that God is our provider. And so we're going to take communion here in just a few moments, but I, I just want to recap here and just remind everyone today that nothing is impossible with God. He will walk with us. He will give us the strength that we need to conquer all that needs to be conquered. Uh, that, that we can walk through anything and we don't have to be afraid. We don't have to fear these things and, and that we can take great comfort that he is Emmanuel, that he is God with us. That wasn't a one-time thing. He is still God with us today. That we can remember that he is the sacrificial lamb for us all. That he died on that cross so that we could be forgiven of our sin. And that we could live a life free from it. That we don't have to go back to our old ways. We don't have to be held captive by those things that we used to do. But we can be free and forgiven from that today. And finally, we can remember, like we just mentioned, that he is our provider. That no matter what our needs may be, no matter what concerns we might have, that we have a God who will take care of all of those things for us. Before we take communion, I'm just going to ask that you bow your heads with me today.